welcome to It's an S-Pod Thing, the podcast revisiting every episode of S-Club 7's insane TV show. I'm Sophie Davis, and joining me on this journey from Miami to Spain will be a range of guests who may or may not have seen the show before. Either way, we're going to analyse it in more detail than anyone ever asked for. If you're an S-Club fan like me and remember watching the show, hopefully this podcast will bring it all back to you. So today we're talking about the finale of Hollywood 7 and Claire from W Rated is back. Hello. Hi, thank you for having me back. Thanks for coming back for more of this. I I loved it. I was so excited when you asked me. (laughs) Well, you you recently watched all the films that were nominated for the Razzies. So this is like easy for you. This is like 20 minutes of like something quick instead of yeah. sitting through like hundreds of terrible films i mean it was only 22 but it was hundreds of minutes and hundreds and hundreds of minutes some of those films were three hours long so yeah um this was nicer <laughs> doing god's work <laughs> so this is hollywood 7 episode 13 it's called the return and it aired on cbbc on the 20th of december 2001 um, usually every S Club series ends with a sort of clip show episode to wrap things up and sort of look back on everything that's happened in the series. But this Hollywood 7 finale is slightly different because normally we just get clips from the particular series we're in, um, whereas this one actually has clips from the entire show so far. Um, so there are clips going all the way back to Miami 7 and LA 7, as well as the current series. Um, And I didn't realise this going into it. It was a surprise (laughs) to me. And when all the clips started, I was like, what's Claire going to make of this? This is going to be so confusing. It was, I loved it. Because as I said, when I was on the previous episode, like I watched all of these when they aired originally. So it was really nice to kind of see the clips and remember kind of some of the earlier episodes. But it really felt like a show ending rather than like a a season ending. It felt very final. Yeah, it feels like the end of an era. I guess it is in a Mm. way because they're not going to be in America anymore after this series. They're going to be in Spain. But yeah, I wonder if they were planning on ending it and then they decided to do one more it does definitely seem like this is the end of the show we're looking back on the entire show because it's ending and then it doesn't end Mm, that was absolutely what I thought I was like did they know that they were going to get another series or did they think that this was it like because yeah it feels very finished I wonder if maybe they had touring commitments and things and didn't want to go back to America and that's maybe why they settled on doing the Spanish season because it's so much closer to home but yeah it it, I found it like quite moving (laughs) yeah and we get um have you ever at the end as well very emotional very so throughout this Hollywood 7 series the band have been becoming more and more successful um they got a new manager a record deal in the episode you were here for last time, they made their first music video. I mean, did they really make it? Because that was very questionable. <laughs> they directed the whole thing themselves, Claire. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> and in the episode before this one, they performed at a massive concert. Um, and this final episode starts off with them doing a sort of radio interview where we hear that they've had their first hit single now with Don't Stop Moving. Um, the radio station appears to be called K-Rap Radio. I don't know if you saw that on the wall. <laughs> Down with the I kids. did. 
but I didn't. Well, because that also is crap radio, isn't it? Oh. I just don't, when you when you said it out loud, I was like, oh god, that's like them trying to swear. That went over my head. That was too subtle for me. Clearly, <laughs> me me too. Until I heard you say it, so yeah, the innocence of us little S Club Seven fans would never think of something like that. There's so many layers to this show. <laughs> Um, they're doing this interview the host asks them if they want to thank anyone for their success like they've won an award or something um they sort of reel off a list of people but they forget about poor dean who is standing in the back like a sort of a proud parent but he's been forgotten (laughs) about dean the world's best worst manager Mm-hmm. yeah they they give dean a bit of a hard time like even throughout this episode they say things to him like oh you're a nightmare and then they're like oh only joking and it's like do you like dean or do you not like dean i can't decide and it was like they were like oh it's our funny english humor and it's like no you're actually just being mean like it's not that funny <laughs> yeah because they have this conversation don't they where dean is saying like oh i've known you for ages and i just don't get your english sense of humor and it's like i don't think that's what it is <laughs> they just keep saying mean things and then going ah only kidding and he's like oh this mysterious english sense of humor i don't get it I do remember like doing those sorts of jokes when I was like probably around the age this was airing and I'm like was that the way we all spoke back then or did I get it from this show? Yeah maybe you were influenced by this. I'm not Mm -hmm. sure if um it is quite childish isn't it just saying something then being like not. (laughs) Yeah very much that vibe. (laughs) When they leave the radio station they are immediately swarmed by all these fans and paparazzi and there's this sort of moment that's like a logistical nightmare where they get spotted and they seem to sort of run away from the crowd, but then they're just hiding behind some plants which were already there. It's like, how did they not see where they went? I also love that they sort of just abandoned Hannah and like (laughs) Hannah's just left behind and then sort of blends into the fans a little bit. And but yeah, it was like, where's where's the security? Where are you running to? Do you have no plan? But it was nice to me because the last episode I was on was the fan where they only had one, one fan. It's good to see they've not got any better at handling fans now that they have them en masse. Yeah, Dean is like everything to them. He's like their bodyguard. Like they don't have any other staff. It's just Dean trying to protect them from everything and doing a pretty bad job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, all these people running around with signs saying, like, I love Paul, <laughs> just following <laughs> them everywhere. <laughs> oh, the times. Um, when they've come out from behind the plants, Dean says he's got some exciting news for them. They have to leave America immediately, <laughs> which doesn't sound exciting. It sounds like a threat or something. Uh, and Tina goes, oh, it's because of those pictures of John on the internet, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, I wanted to ask, was that from a previous episode or was that just a random comment? Right, there there aren't many running jokes in this show, but this is one that's come up before. And it's like, I think it was there was an episode in LA7 where someone just made it like it wasn't the plot point or anything. Someone just made a really casual remark about putting naked photos of John on the internet. Like, I think it was Joe or somebody mentioned it, and the rest of the band just, like, had no reaction to it at all. And then they all just moved on. (laughs) And I I think it might have come up a second time as well. But then, yeah, it's cropped up again here. 
So I'm guessing that must have been something like real that they just thought was like a hilarious in joke <laughs> that would go over kids' heads because we'd be like, haha, naked, not haha, sex. Yeah, at least this time though, Tina is actually like treating it with some seriousness because she's like, <laughs> is this why we're being kicked out of America? And then they don't they blame Paul's fashion sense? Yeah. Which I was like, I mean, he doesn't look stylish, but he just looks like a normal person. Yeah, I like it when they pick on Paul, though. I think <laughs> Paul can take it. I think, yeah, it's Bradley, isn't it? He says, like, oh, is it because of Paul's fashion sense? That's a crime against humanity. And Dean is like, that's true, but it's not the reason. And, like, poor Paul was literally just wearing some jeans and, like, a check shirt. It's like, like, yeah, he's not going to win any awards. I'm not sure if it's a crime against humanity. But apparently the reason they have to leave is because their single isn't just a big hit in America, it's a hit in other countries too. Um, Dean tells them they're huge in Latvia, Papua New Guinea and Narnia. Yeah, I... I'm not sure what they were doing with the Narnia joke because um, they kept it going. Um, and it was also, it was just very strange because this whole thing made me question, like, do any of the writers understand the music industry? Because, like, sure, yeah, they've got a number one single in the UK, but if they're actively living in America, promoting in America and want to break America and they finally got a hit single in America, maybe don't leave? <laughs> It's very, it's a very weird choice, isn't it? It's like you've got a number one hit in America. Now you have to get out. You've you've done it all. Now that's it. You've achieved it all. You have to go back home. <laughs> it's yeah, and then it's because I could never understand. And like it's as the episode goes on, it was very unclear: are they going home because they have a number one single to promote the number one single, or are they going home because they're not allowed to come back to America? Yeah, it's not really clear what the, the time frame is, isn't it? Because I don't think they say at any point, like, oh, you're going back for a few weeks to do some, like, performances on top of the pops or whatever. It's just kind of like, you're going back, we're shipping you back to the UK. Um, and I think, yeah, it comes up, doesn't it? They they say something about how they've only been given one-way tickets. And Dean is like, oh, yeah, the record label didn't want to fork out for returns in case some of you decide to stay there it's like, yeah what do you mean it's like the, 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 i mean the, you you pre-warned me that on the last time i was on that the writing in this show is questionable but that one was like wow you were really uh, making this hard to work uh because yeah like just no returns i almost think it would have been funner i guess they maybe didn't know what was going to happen with the show but like to almost be like he wanted them gone and was like yeah yeah, yeah it's fine and then like he does a wink to camera and you realize like he's being done Bastardly. um but i guess he was more the full guy for the jokes rather than like villainous yeah they, it feels like they need a more concrete reason to be going back to the uk or at least like yeah. some sort of clear time frame or a specific reason why they're going back there rather than just like oh you've got a hit see ya well and it was also like very clear that it wasn't clear to the characters because you like in the next scene, I think it is, we see them packing and Joe and Tina are like packing things into boxes, whereas Rachel's got a tiny case. But then they talk about bringing the beds back with them. <laughs> and I'm like, what is, are we going on a trip and we're bringing suitcases or are we having boxes and bringing beds? What What are we doing? Yeah, and they, they're putting like cloths over the furniture in the house and stuff, aren't they? Like they're selling mm. the place. I don't really, yeah. I don't know what's going on here at all. 
I don't think anyone on the set did either. <laughs> Whew, that was close. They nearly caught us. Hey, you know, I thought some of them girls were pretty cute. You know, I wouldn't mind if one of them caught me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, something really exciting has happened. What, more exciting than that? Yes. You're going to have to leave. Well, yeah, we know that, Dean, but it's not going to be easy. I mean, there were hundreds of them out there. No, no, not here. America. You're going to have to leave America. What? It's because there's pictures of John on the internet, isn't it? No, that's not it. Is it because of Paul's fashion sense? You what? Because that is a crime against money. No, it's not it either, although he is right. So what is it then? Due to brilliant management by me, Dean the Machine, your single isn't only a hit here, it's a hit in other countries too. Whereabouts? Latvia. You're huge in Latvia. <laughs> We're massive in Latvia. You're even bigger in Papua New Guinea. We're even bigger in Papua What's your thingy. John, be cool. Sorry. And you made the top ten in Narnia. But hang on a minute, Dean. Isn't Narnia a fictitious country? Yes, I know. No band has ever done that before. Yes. Wow. The best of all, you have a number one. And I've arranged a whole bunch of interviews and appearances for you over there. Well, where's that? Back home. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Land of the Umbrella and the Rag and Bone Man. Land of the Weird Accent. Land where double-deckers aren't hamburgers. They're buses. Land where people walk around. It's all right, Dean. We get the point. England, guys. They're going back to England. (laughs) So they've had this news. They have to go back to the UK. And this is where the clips come in because they're sort of reminiscing about all their crazy times in America. Um, I think Tina kicks it off by going, we've had some pretty strange experiences, haven't we? And then it's like into the clips. Um, Pretty wild choice for the first one because it goes all the way back to Miami 7 where the band were trying to release a pet alligator into the wild while there was a hurricane going on, as you do. I appreciated the CGI work. It's amazing, isn't it? Because they include this moment where John has the alligator on a sort of rope and it's flying in the air because of the hurricane. Definitely wasn't a blow-up alligator, definitely not. (laughs) And the rope snaps and you just hear John really pathetically just sort of go, oops, and it just flies away into the sky. I mean, that's how you start a Sharknado with alligators. I don't know what you'd call it. I'm going to have to process that. Yeah, this was the, this is the prototype for it, clearly. <laughs> and they also show a bit from the same episode where Joe puts up an umbrella and flies away into the sky like the poor alligator. I mean, all the clips, because there was a lot of like these fun clips, it really made me question what the budget for fancy dress was on this show. <laughs> there were a lot of costumes. Yeah, they include this bit where Joe and Bradley are like fighting with each other dressed as a hot dog and a burger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
<laughs> and they include this bit as well where they this is what also when they were in Miami they went through the Bermuda Triangle into the 70s and they all wake up with like crazy hair and like yeah I think a lot of the budget for the show went into the fancy dress I know I was like what did, did, did they get like a sale and they were just like because it feels like sometimes they wrote the plot around the outfits they had access to <laughs> walked into Smithy's like hmm, what's in here today Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, there's also the moment when Hannah and Paul kissed which was then immediately forgotten about beyond that that episode. felt like an odd inclusion <laughs> I was surprised to see it here like I because they've basically ignored the fact that it happened since that mm. particular episode so the fact they're going back to it now I was like oh okay yeah it did feel like a very odd because as someone who like didn't watch that episode I was like still confused as to like what am I meant to take away from this that they're friends now or that they're into each other now you've not been clear <laughs> yeah and it's included amongst all these like really crazy like, like wacky <laughs> like it's on the same level as them going back in time like Paul and Hannah kissed each other what <laughs> yeah it was interesting like because they just talked about like interesting times but it felt like the clips didn't fl- like they didn't not flow together but it didn't feel like they had been specifically chosen for anything other than this was funny, this was funny, this would be funny out of context. Yeah, because with some of these like sections of clips, they introduce them as if there's going to be a particular theme and then there just mm-hmm. isn't. Like with this first lot, it kind of is okay because they just introduce us as like, they introduce it as like, um, oh, we've had some crazy times, we've had some strange experiences. So that's kind of like, that could be anything really. Like anything this band have been through in this series is like a crazy experience. Um, like they include this bit as well where um, Rachel is like working as a dog sitter one of the dogs escapes and it runs into a life drawing class where Bradley mm-hmm. is the nude model. <laughs> yeah, I, I I put together that maybe they were doing odd jobs that week to yeah. make money because they <laughs> ran out of rent money. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so predictable. It was fun to like watch the kids and be like, I wonder what the concept of this episode was. <laughs> and we also get a glimpse of this this one bit, which is my most lasting childhood memory of this TV show, which is where they're driving in the desert, they stop at like a public mm. toilet and Hannah goes in and it's like a massive luxury bathroom. I don't know if you remember that bit at all. I do. Once it came on the screen, I was like, oh, I do remember that one. <laughs> I don't know why. Something about that moment <laughs> stuck with me over the years. And that's why we now have the podcast, because that embedded so deeply. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. That's what I'm expecting every time I go into a public toilet and I'm disappointed. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, after that first lot of clips, um, they're all just kind of like, oh, yeah, we've had so many weird experiences. No one back home is going to believe anything. Um, and we get a very early 2000s line from Joe who says, yeah, we're so famous now that journalists are going to start writing about how fat or how thin we are and whether or not we've got eating disorders. I was really shocked about that and I couldn't decide if it was inappropriate or very ahead of its time. Doesn't feel very CBBC. Definitely not. But then that stuff was being written about in magazines that like kids our age were watching, were, were reading. Yeah. So I was like... Maybe it was ahead of its time that they were commenting on it and commenting very clearly that it was like fictitious from the press. But then I was like, also like very throwaway comment with no follow up that like 
as a 10 year old, I would have been like, what? Yeah, the follow up is Bradley going, speaking of which, I'm starving. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not the social commentary we, we needed. No, but I mean, unfortunately, there has been history, like even not even 10 years ago, I want to say, um, there was like a comment like that on like a Disney Channel show. Mm-hmm. So unfortunately, like it does seem to have been like just this long running. It's funny to talk about women having eating disorders. Okay. Mm-hmm. And because Tina sort of gives her a little look when she said it as well, didn't she? She's kind of like, she looks a bit sort of sad. It's like, oh, yeah, mm. we're famous now. We're going to come under all this scrutiny. And then Bradley yeah. comes in and ruins the moment. <laughs> Men gotta eat. <laughs> the food theme sort of carries on into the next scene because at the house, Hannah is talking about how much she's gonna miss Dean. And Paul is like, I'm gonna miss American food. And I like how he says, Oh, you just can't get this stuff sort of stuff in England. And he's like, just putting some ketchup on a burger. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure England has those, Paul yeah um yeah because there's quite a lot of stuff that we didn't have especially back then but burgers i feel like we've always had yeah not very exotic um and (laughs) we go into another load of clips because rachel says she's gonna miss some of the people they've met in the u.s and it's a very random selection um i'd love to know the thought process behind this because yeah it's rachel saying oh we're gonna miss all the people we've met None of them really have any connection to Rachel. Uh, it's a lot of like women that John pulled. <laughs> yeah, that should have been the intro. It should have been John going like, "Oh, let's all just look at all the women I've pulled in America." <laughs> and then, yeah, I'll miss the women here. I'll never get women like that back home. It's a much better intro. And um, I did love though. True Colors is like top three S Club Seven songs for me. So I was just happy like grooving to True Colors. Yeah concentrate on the music (laughs) don't look at john we get this clip where the band are performing at a school prom and john rushes into the crowd mid-performance and starts getting off with one of the students um right i'm glad you clarified that because i thought the the filming like the production value of that brilliant but i was like that looks like a prom yeah and he's kissing someone i was like i feel i feel like they're in their early 20s, but they're definitely in their 20s. Or that's what it felt like. Um, and she would be like, at best, 18. So Seems John, at this point, was actually only about 19. But it doesn't feel right still, even no. taking that into account. I had to Google it. Um, <laughs> and it is just weird because he's been like seeing this girl everywhere in the episode. Like they've never spoken to each other, but he's been seeing her around. And then he suddenly spots her in the crowd mid-song and rushes into the crowd and just like grabs her and kisses her <laughs> i mean yeah not not the most appropriate but it looked great like they put some money into that filming for that for that scene i was impressed by the budget mm-hmm. and then it's immediately followed by another clip where john is talking about how he fancies a completely different woman in mm-hmm. miami mm-hmm. who i think he dated for one episode and that's it like i was thinking about this i, I did a bit of like sort of adding up and John hasn't had like more love interests than the other characters like it's just they've decided to focus this on him for some reason because for me it really felt like they'd I was like oh clearly in the like show like the show law John was like the ladies woman (laughs) or sorry the ladies man and like was pulling all the women I and that's just like that's why it's all clips of John it's very odd and yeah even just like out of like 
all the all the characters' love interests. These were not the two greatest ones. Um, <laughs> we get a clip as well of um, Hannah is like on a date with someone, and then they're like kissing by the house, and the girls are watching through the window and saying stuff like "snog alert" and things like that. <laughs> It's interesting, like, I wonder if, like, some of the better kind of characters where you would have actually, because, like, especially that one, you don't even see who she's snogging. <laughs> um, but I wonder if they'd maybe used the other clips in the other clip episodes, perhaps, so they were like, we've got to use some different ones, and these were what was left. Yeah, it's a, it's some very weird choices. Um, it's that the section sort of ends with some clips of them meeting Dean in this series, um, so that's a significant character. Um, but like every series of the show has a different sort of older adult character who I guess mm. is a, a sort of parental figure to the band. So in this one, we've got Dean. In Miami 7, there were these guys called Howard and Marvin who ran the hotel where the band worked. They were in like every episode of Miami 7. They don't appear in these clips. Um, yeah. And in LA7, there was this character called Joni, who was their landlady, played by Linda Blair from The Exorcist. Um, and again, she's not in any of these clips. This is erasure. <laughs> Give Linda Blair the recognition she deserves. I'm, like, I'm trying to think, like, maybe it was, like, a contractual thing. Like, maybe they would have had to pay them if they used, like, images of them, because it's technically, like, a different show. Mm, possibly. Or Linda Blair, or maybe Linda Blair was like, don't include me in this, it's done now. <laughs> yeah, like, I didn't sign off on appearing again, I, I've ended it. <laughs> yeah, that's true, that could be the reason, actually. Yeah, they don't want to pay those people, they, they want to include some people who probably aren't even actors anymore, who were in, like, one like, episode. Well, yeah, because it looked like, as well, a lot of these like people didn't have speaking parts, so they would have been paid as, like, really low non-speaking, whereas if you, like... The way it works, you've, like the more lines you have, the more you have to be paid. So I guess, hmm, suspicious. Yeah, that makes sense because, yeah, the, the prom girl did not have any lines whatsoever. <laughs> she just, it, she was like a woman from an advert. She was always sort of walking down the street, like oh, with God. her hair flowing in the wind. No <laughs> lines at all. John kisses her and then we never see her again. <laughs> did John kill her? <laughs> truly the greatest love story from this show <laughs> that needed to be highlighted here ready to pop the question the jewelers at blue have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds and they're ready to ship to your door Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This is the point now where the band are packing and Rachel is worried that she can't fit everything into her case. Um, Tina tells her she should put everything into an envelope individually and post the items to herself. And I love the way she says it, like it's a proper life hack. She's really pleased with it. It's just that funny English humour that we don't understand. <laughs> Tina is definitely like, she's very quirky in this episode in particular. <laughs> I just love the way she's like, what have you got to do is? <laughs> Um, Paul tells Rachel she should just wear everything that she wants to pack 
and they're all like, what do you mean? So we cut to Paul wearing all of these things a la Joey from Friends. Um, Except it's like objects. Because I was like, oh, that is smart. I've definitely like done that at the airport, like picked out what are the thickest things I'm bringing and put them on. But I was like, not a lamp. I've never tried to wear a lamp through the airport. And a sort of framed painting that doesn't look like anything <laughs> Rachel would own. <laughs> Paul's just like put the whole house on him. Um, oh, because then they're like, how are you going to fit the bed? And I'm like, why are you bringing the bed? Yeah, that, why are they taking the bed back to the UK with them? I don't understand. But then they're also surprised when they, they're like, oh, we're not coming back. And it's like, well, you were bringing the bed. <laughs> so surely you knew. Yeah, from one line to the next, it's just like, what is happening? What's the motivation <laughs> here? How am I going to fit this lot into that? Well, that's easy. You just jump up and down on the case until Saint gives. No. Uh, what you got to do is you put each thing into an envelope and send it to yourself. No, 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 no. You just wear it. What? Well, you just wear it. Just put it all on. How? Well, what about the bed? What's hand luggage? <gasps> yeah, they want to take the bed and Paul's like, oh, OK, that scuppers my plan. Um... Again, I was confused by this as well. The doorbell rings and they all in unison go, doorbell, busy. And I don't know if this is just me, but I was I couldn't decide. Are they like, are they all individually saying they can't answer the door like they're they're all trying to get out of being the one to do it? Or yeah. are they shouting to the person who's at the door that they're busy, like telling them to go away? I don't really I got the impression that they were all trying to get out of it because then when he comes in he's like i've let myself in i know what you're all like yeah that makes sense he must have heard them from the door yeah he's clearly like been there too many times when they pulled that so he's (laughs) like i'm just gonna start letting myself in again so childish they're just like bagsy me not answering the door um yeah dean lets himself in rachel's suitcase explodes and Dean ends up with a sort of pink thong on his head. Mm-hmm. Again, more more risque than I had thought this show would be. Yeah, and it had to be Rachel as well. Yeah, can't, she was the sexy one. Yeah, can't miss an opportunity to sexualise Rachel Stevens. <laughs> um, and this is the point where Dean gives them their tickets, which they notice are one way. And he's like, oh, you know, some of you might just not come back. It's rock and roll, baby. (laughs) What do you mean? Surely if you're their manager, you want them to stay together. Like, And they've just had a hit single. So casual. Just like, oh, you know, some of you might want to just, you know, stay in the UK. (laughs) Yeah, you know, we've just put all this work and effort into getting you a hit single, getting you on the radio, getting you some gigs. But don't mind if any of you want to quit. That's no bother. (laughs) record company being very cheap as well like oh we're not forking out for seven returns fairness like seven is a lot of people in a band yeah they probably aren't costing them a lot of money with like expenses and stuff like they could send atomic kitten twice and have a spare (laughs) they should have done where's atomic kittens tv show (laughs) oh god can you imagine um, in the next scene, the band are all hanging out in the living room and Paul randomly says he wants to remember the bad things about their time in America, because why not, I guess? It's an <laughs> intro. Um, but I think it's pretty hard to distinguish between good and bad in the world of S Club 7, because everything is just mm-hmm. insane. 
Um, <laughs> like even some of the earlier clips are like, was that a good time when like Han- uh, Joe and Bradley were fa- fighting each other in the street? Was that a good memory? <laughs> we go back to this time when they were house sitting for someone and threw a party, which meant that the house got trashed. But again, they're framing this as like, oh, what a terrible time. But that episode was ridiculous because it ended with the person who owned the house came back and they were expecting him to be really angry because they'd ruined his house. And he was just like, oh, and this is just what this house needed, a bit of rock and roll. <laughs> and it was the most random ending. Like there were just no consequences this guy was just like, oh, you know what? My house needed to be trashed. Thank you, S Club 7. <laughs> well, can you get me his number, please? I like a good party. <laughs> That's who you uh, should oh, be just... house-sitting for. That is absolutely who I should be house-sitting for. Um, and they, I did think that cause like, this montage is like all about the bad times, but it was set to good times. Mm. And I got a bit like nostalgic and a bit sad watching it because, like you say, they weren't really bad clips. They were actually like quite fun clips. And it's like the prank war between Joe and Hannah was part of this mm. bit, wasn't it? Yeah. And I was like, this is all really fun and really sweet. And I got a bit like, oh. Yeah, there's the prank war. There's a bit where they sort of barricade themselves in their own house which happened for no real reason the prank war also didn't happen for any particular reason it was all it was all very confusing but yeah like (laughs) fun times really not like oh let's look on look back on all the bad stuff that's happened to Mm. us here i also i thought it was really nice i thought this one like showed it more clearly than the other ones like how much they the budget and the style had improved as well from miami seven through to hollywood seven mm-hmm. you could really see the difference in the clips um which i thought was clever probably unintentional yeah they all look like little babies in the miami seven yeah. clips as well don't they they look so young really young so yeah like this one was my favorite montage i don't know if it's just that the music worked on me Mm-hmm. yeah it was a sweet got, one there got were, me in my fields yeah there was a few bits as well of them sort of like cleaning the hotel in Miami so those mm-hmm. were actual bad times because they were having to do some <laughs> some work for one day in their lives oh my god <laughs> <laughs> traumatized clearly um after all of that oh yeah we get a few more clips where the general theme is kind of like the band working together, like being happy. Like there's lots of clips of them sort of hugging and jumping around. Um, A few clips from the episode before this one where they're performing at this big concert, which is supposed to be in LA, but it's clearly Manchester Arena. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Which is where I saw them many, 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 many years later. (laughs) Which Do you remember which tour you saw? Because I saw them as well. And it was, I think it was after Paul had left. Did you see that one too? I saw an adult tour. So oh, mine you was saw a reunion. I saw a reunion. I did not get to see them, unfortunately. Did we talk in about? Their did we talk about this last time? I can't remember. I feel like I feel like I would have definitely said it, but it was just where you mentioned the MEN. I was like, that's where I was when I finally got to see them. <laughs> I missed out. I've seen like clips on YouTube of the reunion tour. Looked. Fun. It was good. Yeah, bit of um, like LAX and some of the solo stuff in yes. there as well. Yes, and me and my friends are big Rachel Stevens fans, so we are all quite excited about that bit. Yeah, she's great. She, like, talking before about how, you know, they've all had, like, you know, love interests in this show. I feel like she's had quite a few, and the whole section of clips that she introduced was like, oh, all the people we've met here, none of her love interests, none of her many boyfriends in this show. It's all about John. 
they just got to make it clear to us that how John was the lady killer. <laughs> um, we, yeah, get a few clips of them performing at this big concert, go back to Miami 7 again where they're doing some volleyball together and they look like little small children um, <laughs> in their little matching blue T-shirts. Um, John on a horse again. <laughs> from the episode you <laughs> from, were here for last time yes i was like oh there they are doing their music video not makes just as much sense here as it did in that episode just <laughs> you're watching it and it's just like oh john on a horse <laughs> um there's a bit as well where bradley is having his photo taken with a snake which i have no memory of like i don't think that was a plot point i think that must have just been like during a song or something because <laughs> that was random um Actually, now that I think about it, I think there was a clip earlier as well where Bradley is like, he's like rollerblading down the street with two women. And I don't mm. remember that happening either. <laughs> so, Brad- Bradley fans of the podcast, please go back and tell Sophie wh- where she missed these brilliant Bradley moments. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I don't know what's happened. I've just wiped all these like bradley adventures from my mind for some reason like when was bradley like rollerblading down the street with two beautiful women (laughs) every day (laughs) that's how he gets around clearly Mm -hmm. um we also did you notice this bit where they're all in drag yes and you had put a clip of that episode on on twitter recently and i was like what and you're like there's no explanation (laughs) and watching it I was like there still seems to be no explanation yeah they they think that they have to go into hiding for stupid reasons that aren't real and then they decide they have to go out in disguise and in the world of S Club 7 putting on a disguise is basically like just dragging up apparently (laughs) all the men have to dress as women the women have to dress as men um yeah paul didn't make it out of the uh the house though they they didn't let him go because they didn't think he was convincing enough oh god in his little black dress oh poor paul that should have been in the bad memories section of mm-hmm. clips <laughs> i don't know Should've. i don't know what it's in aid of here um like yeah teamwork <laughs> that time we all dragged up i mean yeah again it's just made me question like what is that whole what is their costume budget so much costumes mm-hmm yeah, that that didn't make sense either because they're in hiding, but they've got a load of glamorous dresses with them. It's like, <laughs> when did someone pick those up? <laughs> I think, yeah, that's the last lot of clips, really. Um, did before we sort of come into the end of the episode, like, were there any other clips you remember seeing that stood out to you in particular, or we sort of covered them all? Um, I did think it was odd about when they randomly just started quoting Churchill. Yeah, yeah, that, this is what's coming up now. Because um, yeah, yeah, after the last lot of clips, um, they're getting ready to go to their last gig before they leave the US. Um, Hannah is saying she's going to cry, and the others are trying to sort of comfort her and being like, "Oh, you know, it's okay. We're just starting a new phase of our lives," and then. <laughs> Yeah, unexpectedly, John just goes, it's like what Churchill said. It's not the end, it's not the beginning, and it's not the beginning of the end, but it's the end of the beginning. And they (laughs) they all just sort of look at him and Joe says, why didn't Churchill ever say things that people could understand? (laughs) Very unexpected moment there. 
it was yeah I, I think it's some like because you question how bizarre the choice of clips were but then that's just a bit in the actual episode and you're like okay so just everything's consistently what's going on yeah everything about this episode is a, w- a weird choice <laughs> It's like the the clips that have been chosen, the order they've been put in, mm-hmm. the, just the script in general, the the reason why they're leaving. Nothing makes sense here. Yeah, but that's why we love it. Do you remember seeing the Spain series at all? Because I don't think I even watched it. Oh no, I definitely watched it. I remember like it being a really big deal when they advertised the episode that Paul was leaving. Oh yeah, that does um, ring a bell. Maybe I watched that one. Um, but yeah, no, I think aside from maybe if I missed one because like they didn't get repeated that often and I like maybe had to go somewhere like on the school holidays or something, but I'm fairly sure I watched every episode. Hmm. Yeah, I'll be interested to see that one, what what the vibe is like when they're in Spain rather than America. I'm sure we're going to get a lot of stereotypes. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it is more costumes and more beaches. Like They made sure to stick to the beach vibe. Yeah, S Club 7 were like, can we have a holiday but not go as far this time? Yeah, but we still want a beach and bikinis and sunshine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interested to see that series. Um, so <laughs> after John has quoted Churchill at everyone, they go off to this final gig. Um, what? <laughs> I just... And Tina, I like how as they're leaving, Tina goes... You, you know let, let's make this a good one they deserve it and it's like who is they in this scenario because they're performing <laughs> in the middle of an empty road like a completely empty massive road with no one no audience no cars like it must have been in the middle of the morning i was just like how is this a gig like this is <laughs> this this is a music video i believe but like I was like, wait, is this the gig? And I was like, no, it mustn't be the gig. It must just be like a musical moment. But it turned out it was the supposed gig just in the middle of an empty highway. Yeah, they have completely given up at this point. This, um, They did a song in this exact place a few episodes ago. And at the time, it also didn't make sense. It was supposed to be like a... <laughs> an appearance on a morning tv show i think it was called like good morning america or something Mm. so that also didn't make any sense it was like (laughs) oh we're performing on good morning america in the middle of an empty road and here it's like a gig apparently someone just messed up on locations and like let's just go back to the road (laughs) they should have used some of those locations that um we were talking about in that previous episode with the uh the, the aquarium and stuff like that but it should have been a bit more creative they clearly used up all their location money on that episode because that episode in fairness did have a lot of locations so clearly that is where all the location budget went <laughs> i just love that though <laughs> tina being like let's give them a good one and it's like Ooh. yeah who because i was just watching i was like they are literally like because i was like oh maybe the fans are all gonna rush in at the end no it's just dean dean just walks in at the end like come on guys let's and he's like that was a great one well done and it's like who who did you perform to i mean it was great it was one of the it wasn't never had a green come to it was the other kind of slow christmasy one have Um, you ever yeah yeah and I was, I was loving it. I was vibing with it. I was like feeling the emotions, but I was also like, "This isn't a gig. Do do 
it's again like they're going they're being sent home just when they've had a hit record the gigs they're performing are to empty streets like have these people ever been in the music industry maybe dean is gaslighting them he's like he's shipping them off and he's like oh i've got a final gig for you (laughs) this is what i mean i would have loved it if right at the end when he was like oh you'll definitely come back if he'd have done a horror like a real villainous wink (laughs) like i want i want the dean supervillain cut of this whole show (laughs) that's what we need dean just sort of like rubbing his hands at the end like i finally got rid of them (laughs) (laughs) definitely but yeah, he swoops in at the end of this song and just he's got his leather jacket over his shoulder um, and he sort of walks off with them. He takes them to a car that's waiting to take them straight to the airport. With none of their luggage. Oh yeah, I didn't even think about that. Where's the bed? <laughs> Where's the bed? Where are the boxes? <laughs> like you made such a big deal and none of it's there. <laughs> yeah, seven people's luggage. They need a good few cars for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and in this this lovely farewell moment, Dean suddenly becomes a bit sexist out of nowhere because <laughs> he goes, I just want to say to all of you, particularly you girls, there's no point getting emotional at times like this. And I was like, Dean, you've never been like this before. <laughs> oh, you've got to get a dig in at women somehow, though. But he kind of like, I guess the joke is then that he's the one who kind of starts crying first um, after being like, oh, you girls. Um, It was because crying is for girls and they needed to let the little boys at home that might have been watching know that, that, you know, men don't cry. Crying's for a girly thing and it's hilarious that this man is crying. Yeah, poor Dean. He should be in touch with his emotions. He shouldn't be ashamed. He should. He shouldn't. Um, He tells him he's going to miss them um, and they assure him that they'll be coming back. Clearly they won't be. Um, we know this. It's sad watching it when you know that. It's like, oh, they're not I, coming back. That's it. it was very sad. And then they literally just walk off and get in the car and the credits come up. And I was like, that's so anticlimactic. Mm-hmm. Like, Because a group, a group of fans appear, don't they? And they're just like, yeah. oh, we better go off now. Bye. And it is literally just like, okay, bye. And he's like, yeah, see ya. And I was like, okay, I both feel really sad. But then I also feel like, feel like I needed more. <laughs> we should have taken out a few of the clips of John getting off with people and put mm-hmm. in more actual, like, scripted stuff at the end. Just even seeing them get in the car and what a drive away waving would have been something. But no, they just literally go, all right then, we'll go then, bye. And then, and Finn. They're never going to see him again. No, and neither are we as the audience. It's very upsetting. Yeah, and is he still, he's still their manager, presumably. Like, is he not going to be in touch with them? It's all very confusing. Like, is he not booking their stuff in the UK? Who's doing that? That's it. It's like, you have no luggage. You're saying that you don't know if you'll ever see him again. Like, what, what do we all think is happening when you get in that car? (laughs) It's like, what is the time scale? When are they coming back? Very, very strange. And also, just as a final nail in the coffin, the dog, the pet dog, is not seen or mentioned in this episode. I didn't know they had a pet dog. It's come up in this series. Like, there was an episode where the plot point, it was kind of like a B plot in one episode where they got a pet dog. And then it's sporadically appeared in episodes since then. And in this episode, it's not in here at all. So what has happened? Where is it? 
Because, yeah, it wasn't in the episode that I watched. So um, some real good responsible dog ownership there. It's bizarre. Yeah, I've been kind of keeping track on, like, moments when it briefly appears. I think what they've done is, like, they've got the dog in for, like, a day or two and they've shot a load of scenes in the house where the dog is just, like, with them on the sofa. Um, Like, I think that's what they've done because occasionally it pops up, like, sitting on Bradley's lap in the living room or something. But in this episode, it's not even mentioned. Like, where (laughs) is the dog? Oh, dear. Like, where is um, Linda Blair and where is the dog? That's what I want to know. Where's the luggage? Where's the rest of the (laughs) band management? Like, yeah. Is bizarre the dog's not even in a clip clearly not even worth acknowledging <laughs> yeah but they're like all the people we met they acknowledged the crocodile that they like potentially let die <laughs> but not the dog oh yeah that upsets me that i, I want to i demand to know what happened to this dog like was it even discussed like are we how are we gonna write this dog out of the show no we'll just ignore it the kids won't care They'll have forgotten it exists. Well, I've just, I've been a bit spoilery and I've just checked and they do, they have a, uh, a new manager of Viva S Club. I'm sorry to let you know. Dean, oh, Dean after is... they had that whole conversation with Dean where it's like a kind of um, a long distance thing, isn't it? Because he says something like, oh, you're not going to go off with any other managers, are you? And they're like, oh, you're the only one for us. Poor Dean. Lies. It's all lies. Oh, I feel upset. Who's this new manager? He's going to be no Dean, that's for sure. No, definitely not. I mean, he doesn't even send them to America. He sends them to Spain. Mm, that is ridiculous. This 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 episode has destroyed me. <laughs> I just it was a very sad episode. I felt sorry for Dean. I I, I now feel sorry for the dog. <laughs> like it just it, it was nice, but it made me sad. <laughs> yeah. I'm never going to be able to listen to Have You Ever again. It's too emotional. <laughs> it's too emotional. Like that, I'm just going to imagine they're singing that to Dean and the dog, just like, <laughs> we're leaving now, we're never going to see you again. <laughs> so any other final thoughts on this episode at all? Did you find it like more confusing than the last one you saw because of all the clips and everything? I actually didn't because I think the clips just, I just let them like flow over me. I didn't question them. I just was like, oh, a dolphin. Oh, they're hitting each other. Oh, another costume. I just, yeah, I let it flow and I nodded and I smiled and I like had a little guessing game of like, I wonder what this episode was about. So um, it was actually quite nice. It was like a fun puzzle. I think that sums up the show quite well. First series, first series, a dolphin. Second series, they're hitting each other. Third series, fancy dress. <laughs> That's all you need to know. And who knows what Viva S Club is going to bring? Oh, I mean, you know what it will take from you. It will take Paul. I know. Yeah, it's going to be a. It's going to be dramatic. Although I remembered Hannah and Paul kissing as being a huge deal in this show, and that was like blink and you miss it one episode and then it was resolved i can't believe that because i was honestly completely sure that they then became a couple because they were dating in real life Mm -hmm. so like i almost like i'm gonna have to when you get to it watch the episode where he leaves Mm -hmm. because i'm sure that it's a big deal as well that he's leaving because him and hannah were together but i'm like Maybe just tiny, like, Claire me, like, I think I was 11 or 12, just was, like, bringing all of this, like, 
subtextual emotion to the show. Yeah, because I've got, I don't know if this is correct, but I've got a vague memory of that episode where he leaves. I think, doesn't he tell Hannah first? That's what Mm -hmm. I've got in my head. I can see a sort of a scene where he's telling Hannah that he's leaving the band and she's the first to know. I don't know if I've imagined this, but that is what's in my head. I think that's true. And I have a scene, which again, like you'll have to, we'll have to wait until you get to the episode. Um, but I have a scene in my head where like, she's the last one he says goodbye to, like he says goodbye Aww. to them all, gives them all hugs and then like gives her a special hug. Like not, not that kind of <laughs> <laughs> Gives her a special hug. <laughs> and just gives her like an extra one, like, mm. you know, cause it's a bit different for them. But I'm like, maybe that wasn't true. Wow. I guess we'll find out in the next series then. We'll find out what we've imagined and what actually happened. Mm. Yeah. Look, nobody's going to cry, OK? It's just the end of a phase of our lives. Yes, and the beginning of a new one. I mean, it's like what Winston Churchill said. It's not the end and it's not the beginning and it's not the beginning of the end, but it's the end of the beginning. That's quite good. Or is it bad? Or is it good, bad, bad, good, bad? Why didn't Churchill ever say things people could understand? Because that would be too easy. Come on, let's go and do this gig. They deserve a good one. So before we finish, do you want to let people know where they can find you on Twitter and um, where they can find W-Rated? Yes. Um, so you can find me on Twitter at, at Claire Ellen Hope, Claire without an I. Um, and you can also find my podcast W Rated there at W Rated Pod and on go- all good podcasting apps. We don't get to do anything fun like these wonderful S Club films. Um, the S Club film Seeing Double has avoided the bottom 100 list. Um, but one day soon we will be doing the uh, Spice World movie and Britney Spears' Crossroads. So I am excited for those um but yeah we have fun we try and see the good in the bad much like Mm -hmm. uh, you do here seeing the good and the chaos Um, and yes you can catch me there thank you for listening to this episode of it's an s pod thing it was edited by alex blondek with music by william kitchener if you enjoyed the podcast and want to let us know that we're your number one please subscribe and leave us a good review When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.